0: charmingly named Heartless Bastards <laughs> with a Done Got Old, which is a junior Kimbra cover.
1: We can all relate to that, can't we? In well, fact, you were moaning about your back earlier on. Well, we were moaning
0: about this on the way and both of us are old as hell now and there's no arguing about it. We're just old,
1: old geezers. Welcome back to the Electric Blanket. This is it. Episode 20. That in itself makes me feel old. <laughs> that it does. It's aged, well it's aged us, isn't it? Let's We've done it.
0: about one one a year. You were a child when you started this off. <laughs> I was still in my early thirties. <laughs> Brief
1: impression. <laughs> was I still in my
0: thirties when we started doing this well, Not quite. Yeah, you were. Bloody hell, that seems like ages ago.
1: It's aged me, i will tell you that much. What? Welcome back to Electric Blanket. This is episode number 20. Steenie, who was that? That was the...
0: Oh, that was the Heartless Bastards. No, um, we go.
1: Let's just say with, it again.
0: Let's say it again. Uh, with the... Uh, with a Dun Gold, which is a cover of a Junior Kimbra song it's from a, um, a Fat Possum Records uh, collection of uh, Junior Kimbra covers and it's funny because we would have played some Junior Kimbra a long time ago except I, I don't have any on vinyl so the vinyl only remix that we do have on this show um, I, I felt eventually pressured to bring that in it Quality only control, recently though. came out that record so it's um, it feels like I'm uh, justified in, uh, in, in claiming that as a new release as well to keep us uh, feeling current. young
1: hip and current <laughs> keep us away from 1970 <laughs> before that you heard Willie Mitchell uh, the track 30, 60, 90 yeah just uh from 1970? It's actually 68 but stepping R&B and we kicked off the show with uh the very vocal and opinionated, certainly at the moment, Quincy Jones and Money Runner. He's on a bit of a mission, isn't he? He's on a mission,
0: he did the Beatles, which is uh, unforgivable, but it's still not uh enough to for me to not want to play that tune because it is a monster.
1: The thing is, who's gonna who are you to argue with Quincy Jones? That's that's the thing. He's of such a stature now, his career is so highlighted. He's quite old, isn't he? I would argue with him, I wouldn't be scared of him. <laughs> he's that's a like... big. No, no, with his background, he's done you know, mm. he's, he's been a about the gang's a bit he's a bit yeah, of a rough one.
0: he's um, I, I, I don't know I mean it's, it's one of the things because he he attacked the, uh, the Beatles thing was basically an attack on musical ability and he arranging things from an orchestral perspective probably has a different um, you know a different perspective on musical ability uh, musical ability but whoa what was that Go on, go on. So uh, him coming from a musical background, an orchestral background, probably has a different perspective on musical ability. Well, he's jazz as
1: well, right? I mean, so, so instantly he's... Exactly I'm not it. being funny, but he probably is. He's pretty looking for much tightness
0: right. and he's looking for something. And what the Beatles offer is invention and arguing and and (laughs) as well as musicality and so it's it's a different form of thing I mean imagine if trying to get like John Lennon to play that rhythm guitar part on Money Runner it's not going to happen right but that's not why people listen to the Beatles they don't want to listen you know it's a different thing so don't know why he's attacking, uh, he's even attacked Michael Jackson as well, hasn't he? I Come know he said, stole
1: from the best, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's, the thing is, you know, his protege, maybe he's not wrong. But listen, um, welcome back to the show. This is the episode 20, first one of the year. Um, so, we, like I said, we've alluded to before, we're going to make this a kind of end. It's not an end of an era. It's a watershed moment. It is, because we're about to switch the show up. Uh, and we've got some interesting news coming up uh, for you later on in the show. That, you know, We're not going to give it to you now, because we we give it to you now, then you just turn off and come back later on. So we're going to make you hang about till the end. Maybe even afterwards. Maybe not, even going to tell you. But we've got some big news coming up. Is it big?
0: It's not that. I mean, it's not so not really big, big, big that it? uh, it's going to be earth-shattering for anybody, for the um, 16 loyal listeners. But, um, yeah, I think you'll be excited. It, it probably will... Oh, well, I'm not going to too much. I think you, it's it's for the positive. It's a positive move, so don't worry. We're, it's still,
1: not, here. we're still here. Gonna, we're Nothing's going to be talking about absolute rubbish, That's not right. really having any sort of background or justification to acknowledge our views, and we're just playing music in between that. That said, let's kick it off, because we're going to ramble too long. Next up is, uh, speaking of the Beatles... Yeah.
2: Growing out of us
3: when her belly bleeds, it's an open seed that's draining to. Suddenly,
4: oh suddenly, a voice
3: comes out of me, a voice comes
5: out of me,
3: but it don't belong to me. don't belong to me, but it don't belong to me.
1: Feel like that, shouldn't it? That is how you end a song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's a sweet uh, from. Uh, that's oh. called "Set Me But what if you, if
0: you, eighteen seventy four, had... teen poppers, oh, teen pop rockers, glam, I glamsters. I can't believe that's the sweet. I can't believe that they were a hard rocking band. Hard rocking. That's like Maiden hard rocking. They have dual album? guitars. Well, there's only one guitarist, officially Andy Scott, but yeah, there's lots of other up on, isn't there? That's it's, incredible. It's there from the album "Sweet Fanny Adams." amazing <laughs> and there was someone there called Sweet F.A. as well that song was covered by Saxon um, and you can tell that was an influence on like all those new wave for that's a bit album. of you isn't Maiden, it Maiden Saxon Priest they all heard Venom. that tune they must have all heard it that's a
1: bit yeah. of you isn't it
0: it's great I mean the thing is I never had that record until a couple of years ago and Jimmy bought me it our, our mate Jimmy um, works at Flashback in, uh, in Islington big props to the great record shop there and um, he gave me that for my birthday and said, y- "You're going to love this. This is just cracking album." And um, yes, true enough. Uh, you love it. I love it.
1: Well, I've got uh, the weird thing is I've got a copy of this. You know, you buy records and you just sometimes you just buy a load of records and you just end up or you end up with records. I've ended up with this record, and I've never played it and it, mainly I've never played it we're talking earlier on about weak
0: track on it it's, well, one, it's one of those ones Peppermint Twist and it's not even the worst <laughs> it's not the worst song I've ever recorded it's just on, in that context it's lame really compared to the rest of it it's just hard rocking I mean from the band that brought you but,
1: but there's, a, there's a tune heavy. called AC/DC on it yeah, yeah well we were talking earlier on off air off air which one that about before I've got to stop saying that uh, about album covers that don't do the album justice that is an album cover that don't do the album justice you know when you're digging for tunes and you're looking at an album cover and you think yeah that is gonna have beat so, I mean it's not the worst album yeah I know but it yeah, ain't the best it's, isn't kind, it? it's
0: like it's the sort of glam rock version of Kinda Blue <laughs> <laughs> or oh, blue not a for bite you, bite. not kind of blue. Blue for you, not kind of blue. He's <laughs> getting my
1: Miles Davis and my status quo mixed up there. Easily done. Easily. They're very similar. Both pioneers in their field. <laughs> Both <laughs> are fond of double denim, actually. <laughs> Davis famously wore double, um, so double denim double
0: denim. More connected than you know. Denim waistcoat, even. Like Proper Rossi.
1: We, um, we started that section of the show with a, a band that I've just found recently called The Left Bank. Uh, second album from then, too. Um, obviously, heavily Beatles-influenced, but... Justified The production on that Is off the walkard That's 67 uh, West Coast America The left bank The second album Called 2 T-double-O but So that is
0: 67 So that's contemporary Because we were talking uh, yeah. In a very spotty way About the production on that Sounding Very similar to What the Beatles were doing On Magical Mystery is yeah. so The very compressed Hi-hat yeah, yeah, the, yeah, When the bass comes in the, the whole sound of it, but that means that that probably predates or is contemporaneous wait, 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 to wait. Magical Mystery Tour. Sixty-seven, wait, 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 wait. Would you say? Anyway, this is a spot out there, isn't it? With this is the sort of thing that <laughs> this is what started the whole
1: show. <laughs> this is Steenie down you the don't pub get going, on six music <laughs> <laughs> because no one cares. I'm going to stick my neck out and say late sixty-seven, early sixty-eight. Either way, it's a rocker. Almost exactly the same period, um, as and. It's amazing though, isn't it? That it's just they could borrow so heavily and yet come up with something that sounds well, fantastic. it yeah? sounds
0: like they're borrowing heavily, but it sounds like they're actually happening at almost at the same time. So you wonder, Some, uh, you know, the, the Beatles didn't exist in a the vacuum. They were influenced by things. And, no. And uh, <laughs> it might be, you know, you never know. It's good on um, that. We followed that up with... Uh, who do we follow that, was we'll see? Uh, oh, that was uh, Devendra Banhart Love and uh, the In Golden Empress Hands, which is a, a strange little tune beautiful vocal production on that I think I mean it's one of those ones where the vocals are so well captured and it, it's got that whole thing I mean I'm a big Devendra fan anyway love, love a lot of it I mean he sort of I was saying when we were listening to, it, to James it's gone a little bit off the boil of late because he he went into that indie trap of uh, early on he was as weird as he like, and um, was basically like a putting out these sort of Mark Boland-influenced weird tunes and albums that were just didn't sound like they were from this period at all. They didn't sound like they were certainly from the from this century. And, um, but that, you gone, like that? And I really like that. And then he's sort of gone a bit, a little bit poppier and a little bit more accessible, which is, uh, it's is great, I suppose, for him, if he's, that's what he wants to do. But, you know, those, uh, those the early records of his, like it's that one, yeah. they were a bit, like sketches of songs in a way so sometimes it's it's like once you get into that kind of masterclass of what, what they call mature songwriting where it's got a very definite very yeah, close bridge
1: scott, you and can go scott walker mature songwriting and then you're well off into well, exactly. No, uh, we followed that up with uh this record it's not only the song but it's also the record when i first met a group of friends of mine uh, we spent a summer playing um well, this is Monkey. Monkey's ball. This is Monkey's record. Thanks, Monkey. It's one of Monkey's. My mate of mine had a most fantastic. Still has. I'm borrowing it. You know. You know. He's all about monkeys. Uh, he has a fantastic record collection. I'm talking absolute prime classic indie, but all smashed. If you put on a Monkey record, it's
3: like. But This oh, is one that mouth doesn't to my jump. Own heart. Exactly
1: played and loved and cherished. Charlatans then love that track. Right. I've got, this is a little bit of you, Estelie.
2: you've never heard before. But on that clear day, on that clear day, you can see forever and never ever. ever.
1: A wonderland, <laughs> something for everyone, in well, it's the
0: Wonderland. That was, that was straight out of Nigel Ogden's top drawer of the organist entertains <laughs> That's
1: a bad tune. That's uh, the Peddlers on a clear day. Uh, it's a bad d- name, the
0: Peddlers, isn't it? It's a cu- it's a cool tune, but the Peddlers. Oh, I don't know. The pe- Tell you what,
1: don't, we know whenever travelling, Tinkers massive hissy fit over... We know when zero seven was big. Mm. And it was like, oh, this style's so original. Listen, if you ever want to hear an amazing album, listen to The Peddlers' Sweet London. S-U-I-T-E London. It's The Peddlers, that well, band. had to be spelled that way, didn't it? With the Philomonic Orchestra. Sounds terrible. Is amazing. So that was The Peddlers on a Clear Day and we followed up before that with...
0: That was journey, would you believe? Unbelievable journey. So, well, I can believe it. But you don't stop believing because that really was Journey. <laughs> the, the band behind that god-awful song, that possibly one of my least favourite songs of all time. That ain't a bad tune. It is a bad tune. No, it's, it's not,
1: man. Don't stop really believing it's a great awful. tune. What's wrong with it's 80s classic? You can't no, rule out no, the 80s. I don't mm. believe in 80s classics. So. What about the one before that, though? Grand Central Station with uh, Do You Want to Dance?
0: Well, what's interesting is that that and the... Journey song we heard of both from 1977 which is the year that uh, punk broke really isn't it so shows that they, what, really there's, there's did, a lot. there wasn't exactly the clearing of the shelves <laughs> <laughs> that we've been led to believe was it? it wasn't really the dusting out of the old guard I mean that Journey song it sounds like a George Harrison tune to me does, it sounds it does. like George Harrison goes prog which has to be a brilliant thing surely in, in fact saying that there is a version by Spock's beard of um, That's not Beware of Darkness Spock's which beard is, is really cool. there is there's yes. not
1: a beard there's not a beard called Spock's band there's not Isn't, a band called Spock's there beard there certainly
0: is and they're a frog band and they did a cover of what? Beware of Darkness off Ooh. of All Things Was past and it's pretty good
1: is it I like it so we kicked off that yeah with Grand Central Station do you want to dance dirty funk um Business now
0: from Larry Graham, ex of Family Stone, and the man that band also brought you "Pow," which gotcha. is one of the
1: greatest funk tunes ever. It's not bad, but it's not as good as this. <laughs>
0: going so this is uh, this album choice is basically a bit of a coast newcastle choice really because i imagine our listenership to be um a Bunch of very round, very middle aged men, and who if know not, their music. we music. we accept anyone by we the way, accept anyone. This and isn't we love you. It's an exclusive club because I know that there are a lot of um, if uh, Twitter bots and uh, Facebook people are to be relieved. there's quite a lot of young, uh, hip young kids from all over the world listening to us, but um. I'm not kidding myself. I also know there will be a lot of beardy old geezers listening to this. And this really is me just telling you stuff you already know teaching you to suck eggs, basically. Because That's what
1: we should have called it. Yeah, teaching you to suck eggs. Because
0: this really is an album that you know, and i just been dying to play something off of this for such a long time and we've already played tunes from the other Steve Marriott, giving it away already, spin-off bands. So we've already heard um, uh, Humble Pie, I think we've played some Humble Pie. We've played some um, Faces as well, which isn't Steve Marriott, but it's, it's Small Faces, there we go again, um, spin-off. So here we go we're going back to the source here and there's not much to say about this album there's only one album really to choose from The Small Faces because it really is an album it's one of those ones where they made it with the intent the, the, the express intention of it being a record a, a sort of all encompassing experience that you've put on to the extent that they you know, hired a narrator Stanley Unwin to do little bits of the nonsense story on the B-side and it's just, it so hangs together. I mean, it's, as, as concept album goes, uh, go, sorry, um, it's not, you know, the concept is loose, to say the least, and as they all are. But this one, I think, goes a, a bit better than most of them because the storyline is sort of there for a lot of it. And, um... What year is know, this, Steve? Uh, is it 68, I think? Um... So it's it's that prime period of British psychedelia. On, what's the album? Oh, well, the album oh. is. <laughs> the album's Ogden's not Gone Flake, as if you hadn't guessed already. And so it's a, everything about it was geared towards it being a monumental release. It's got this uh, iconic circular sleeve modeled after a tobacco tin. Um, it's all the songs kind of linked together. Or most of the songs linked together in a sort of narrative. There are a few songs that exist outside the the, the narrative, but it's, the, every song is so strong on this record that uh, apart from I mean, the whimsy on the B side, as, as as there always is, but even the whimsical stuff is great. I mean, it's it's one of those ones where you listen to it and you think, this all happened. This is laid down and it's probably just tossed off in uh, a few weeks. They just. You know, the bands would spend years playing this together. From the opening
1: track, though, I mean, if you've never heard if this album, got, if, my God. Well, we're
0: skipping the opening track, which is oh, the no. same, because it's the first one. But all the kids know the opening track, because it's on Grand Theft Auto. Which, um, no, it's not, is it? It certainly is. Yeah, it's on um, Kenny Loggins' classic radio station on Grand Theft Auto for all you uh, PlayStation buffs out there. Um, you'll have heard it. It's, um, probably driven around in a stolen car. <laughs> Seen the Los Santos sunset listening to the uh, title track of Ogden's.
1: So, what are you going with? What we playing? But
0: uh, I've gone with uh, the next track on from that, which is just a masterpiece, I think. Not really mixed for stereo, unfortunately. So, if you've got uh, the, if you've got a Dicky. Um, channel and your stereo you're going to miss out on quite a lot of this but uh, it's the same with all of these records in the 60s They were,
1: well stereo they were, they
0: was were, new stereo was new, they were messing with a the magic they didn't really understand so this is Afterglow which has got the greatest bridge ever apart from Son of a Preacher Man in any tune ever so here we go <laughs>
4: The boogeyman's gonna get you. The boogeyman's gonna get you. Better get it right. Better. Get- The boogeyman's gonna get you, better get it right The boogeyman's gonna get you The boogeyman's gonna get you The boogeyman's gonna get you, better get it right
6: Think of a lot worse places to be Like down in the street Or down in the sewer Or even on the end of a skewer
7: your hair Shake it loose and let it fall Laying soft upon my skin Like the shadows on the wall Come and lay down by my side Till the earth Morning light. All I'm taking is your time. Help me make it through tonight. I don't care who's right or wrong. I don't try to understand. Let the devil take tomorrow Lord tonight I need a friend Yesterday is dead and gone And tomorrow out of sight And it's sad to be alone Help me make it Through the night Lord it's sad to be alone Help me make it through the night
0: Now that is a proper tune
1: that is a proper tune that was uh, Chris Christopherson and Help Me Make It Through the Night Thoughts Steenie Go
0: Thoughts on that are basically we had two sides of the 70s though didn't we I think I mean, it's that song late 60s early 70s I know that, yeah, the hit, him and Rita Coolidge sang it on Whistle Test in the 70s and I've had that record now. I bought that record from Bob's on Parchment Street <laughs> in Winchester, which is a seedy, seedy-ass shop. It's where you shop in especially. it. let's face it, is, seedy shops. It was
1: the best,
0: right? Bob was this big, fat geezer with a beard. He's really sweaty. He had loads of videos, VHS tapes for sale, and loads of dodgy ones in, like, a little plastic basket down the bottom, which were um, for the dads. <laughs> and uh, he also had a little vinyl section and I bought my copy, my Vertigo he Swirl bought bought. copy of Volume 4 from him for four quid <laughs> and I bought that from him for about 50p. <laughs> so, uh, in 1998. And, um, I've treasured it ever since. I've always loved that that tune. I mean, all the songs on this record, Blame It on the Stones, me and Bobby McGee, they're all on here. We saw him at Glastonbury this year. You, got, last bit, you year. got emotional. I got it? emotional. I'm not afraid to admit, I got emotional. And I was on the telly Everyone was... Getting emotional. It, 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 yeah, I'll have my shades on so they couldn't see the tears in my eyes. But, um Yes, that Chris Christopherson. He means a lot because as a kid as well. Another thing about Christopherson. We're going to be here that, for some time. Yeah, go on. Well, remember in school holidays, they always used to show a Star Is Born. Yeah. In the holidays, yeah. I used to watch that and I loved it. I just thought it was a cool film. I really. Uh, Convoy I, it, it for me. It doesn't really stand up in maybe to some people, but I've always thought it's a great film. And what's really funny is before the. Christopherson set at Glastonbury I thought it was a roadie sound checking you know there's this guy came out and he was shredding on his like Gibson 335 squealing in front of a camera crew and I was like oh this is great who's this guy It's just around people like booing him and I was like what the hell he's just a roadie sound checking but obviously getting into it and then it was Bradley Cooper and they're shooting like a new version of A Star is Born, and they were doing the crowd shots with the Glastonbury crowd, obviously, for the background, and him playing this 335. And, was, know, he play, was he playing it? Well, there's a I bit of I don't think debate. he was playing it. I think, it. There's I a think there was debate. another guy on stage. Yeah, there may have been, but it looked like he was, and I was like, I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, Johnny you know, Depp came on stage looking yeah, like death he sword, sort of didn't he? stank it up a bit, you know. I mean, Depp's old, yeah. Anyway. We're mixed emotions about
1: Johnny Depp anyway. No, let's not get involved <laughs> got, in that. <laughs> let's not go down that avenue. We followed, well, listen, that was a long section. So we started off the show, we started off the show. It does feel like a long time ago, but we started off that section with, uh, oh, God, not gone flick. Well, Afterglow, best bridge ever. Anyone who says that that isn't the case is an idiot. There we go. Um, we followed that up with uh, a band called uh, Crystal Mansion. Thanks, Mark. I've got to get Mark on the show, actually, so. He's a great collector in Winchester but he put me on Boogie Boogeyman, Uh, Crystal Mansion that's fantastic and we followed that up with Steenie's classic three minute songs whose was that? Well that was a nine minute tune by
0: Kikigaku Moyu who are a Japanese band um, that thing that song uh, is it called Nob- Nobita Kano or something I can't remember it's how you, it's how you say it's it, in Japanese and I'm uh, very very sorry to all our Japanese listeners so, just um, in
1: many ways we need to apologise probably to all but, listeners um,
0: yeah <laughs> but the, the, I just think that is just a, such a good tune it deserves to be played in its entirety it's about 9 minutes long I think 8 or 9 minutes but um, it's one of those that is one of those records and if you look on Spotify actually <laughs> that is listed as a single that album and it's a 5 track EP and it's as good as an album because it's pretty long I mean all the, the songs on there are fairly long jams get your
1: value for money, do
0: you? you get your bloody value for money I have to say I mean that is uh, it's not cheap on vinyl if you should find it um, and yeah, but it, it's well worth it definitely dig out, dig deep if you see it
1: buy it get your Christmas money out and we follow that up with the Stranglers right
0: bit of me now
1: Well, uh, we're going to come to the end of the 90s memories. As we've told you before at the start of the show, we're going to have a bit of a shake-up. We'll tell you about it more after this track. um, We're killing the 90s. We are going to kill a 90s. Well, listen, uh, for me personally, the 90s started... And in 1990 it did as where all the 90s start in 1990 but it didn't end too well for me but this album was the last saving grace of the 90s I think personally album's massive attack uh, mezzanine I mean I love massive <laughs> attack 90s, anyway
0: the 90s ended for me vomiting on a buffet <laughs> <laughs> that was my millennium party kids <laughs> Back to the
1: album if you can for a minute. Let's just put that let's just put that thought out of our heads. <laughs> <laughs> it'd this, this, be if if fine for a minute <laughs> so massive attack fantastic love them love them love first album Blue Lines absolutely seminal um, everyone had it in their collection at school everyone's probably got it in their collection now it's just a classic album followed up with Protection was a little bit hit and miss for me but um, by the time Mezzanine came along I, I, I wasn't absolutely wasn't prepared for the direction they were taking but from the opening moments you put it on it's just one of the deepest introspective darkest genius moments of of music and production to this day you put this album on now it stands head and shoulders above albums that people are still trying to emulate now just the bottom end and the bass everyone would just try and crank it just to hear the definition between the kick and the sub it's, it's unbelievable but yeah start to finish an absolute masterpiece and as I said the '90s after 97 98 was going a little bit twee and then we got to this whole kind of big uh, fat boy slim big beat rubbish that ended the 90s no offence fat boy slim but I hated it and uh, I just thought the 90s and then the millennium came and then um, you know it's been crap ever since hasn't it okay grandfather tell kids. me about tell me about the 1970s well this again. is a problem isn't it kids in the 90s we had it good I keep saying to all of my friends say you know we had it good we don't know how, how good you had it good until you look back and you know we were just constantly hit with new genres and new music and, and styles and was being born and fashion and it was just like what and then it kind of all ended and it was like right ended with vomiting on a buffet and that is a pretty good way to end the 90s that sums it up perfectly for me
0: I blamed it on the millennium
1: book the artistic and creative streak that we have within that 10 year period knows no bounds It's in many ways for me I, I would draw 1987 to 1997-98, that for me is the 10 year period, I mean you will, you just won't have that again in your lifetime It's just, it, I hold it very dearly and so I'm not going to wax the on about final it too not. <laughs> and ends with you vomiting on a buffet. Most things do. (laughs) If you don't have this album or you've never heard Massive Attack Mezzanine, you are missing out. Go and buy it now. This is Angel. Talking about massive attack angel just yeah, hearing it for the first time, still goosebumps, massive, massive goosebumps now. Just an incredible, incredible record. So um, like I said at the start of the show, we're gonna switch things up. So we've been doing 20 episodes of two hours, and that's generally been me and him and some uh, some of our friends pitching him along the way, just playing some amazing music, and I think The time now has come to shorten the programme because we've been doing two hours. And for anyone that's stuck with us and listens to the whole two hours you're an amazing people really really truly amazing that anyone listens to the show so thank you very much but uh what we're going to do now for the next 20 episodes or so we're going to do our set hour episodes we're going to do them more often and this is going to give us a chance to do the regular show which we're going to do for an hour uh, of just a complete blend of music but then it also gives us a chance to specialise in areas that we want to play more of for an hour so we might do I don't know we might play something different like 70s hard rock because we don't play enough of that or or uh, folk, or jazz, or disco, or electronic, or krautrock, or 90s hip-hop, or whatever. Just anything that we want to do for an hour, it now gives us a chance to uh, dedicate shows and plan for them a bit better. So the shows you're going to hear for, for the next 20 episodes, I guess. I think 20's like a, 20 and 20 is a nice way to do it. So we're going to do 20 episodes now and just start doing them for an hour and it's more digestible for for, for everyone I just uh, think it's time we had a change and you know you've got to change it up otherwise it gets a bit stale so it's still the blanket it's still me and him you know everything's the same but everything's new what about that? what do you think?
0: well I think it sounds like a very good idea
1: he's desperately hunting for a record to play
0: right well how do I follow Massive Attack I mean that's that is that's good too it is an epic isn't it it's it's heavy well we talk about someone that's uh, that's died this year I mean well that's what we do well last year now isn't it that's what we do so here we go I think I'm just fishing this out now I'm talking as I'm unsheathing well let's talk about let's talk about um, Tom Petty when was the first time (laughs) you heard Tom Petty well it was was three through my dad um, so my dad is a huge Tom Petty fan, um, and so I grew up pretty much listening to him. And it was funny because, because of that, um, for a while I went through that period of not really being that into him, of rejecting him in a way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, oh no, yeah. And um, and so it was. A, it was a, a funny thing when he died for me because it was it was a it was a bit like it was a bit like a relative who you sort of knew mm. um, but didn't really know passing on, and so it was strangely emotional, but it, but removed, um, and because I'd spent a lot of time listening to him but a lot of time not listening to him because I'd, I'd listened to him as a kid so it was a bit like revisiting my childhood and they opened a lot of doors again listen to these records like Damn the Torpedoes the first Tom Petty album um uh, and obviously, the like Full Moon Fever, which is the the ultimate dad car record. Great, great, wide open. Did you have that? As well? Yeah, all those, I mean, they were old, but it's Wilburys yeah. as well. Let's not yeah, forget the Wilburys. The, there is the Travelling Wheelbreeze. We've played them, haven't we? The we shop, have, the yeah. And that's another Phil classic. So, I grew up with all this stuff in the car and I just completely absorbed it. Um, and then when I came back to Obviously, I couldn't write Tom Petty or Forever, but he was one of those people. He, he didn't resonate with me in the same way uh, as some of my other dad favourites um, until fairly recently. And it was the it maybe it was the death that kickstarted it all again. Well I started listening to them again and realised that
1: there is life.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre because it's one of the things I, in the past, as one of the sort of know it all music people, have scoffed when people are suddenly, oh yeah, I suddenly got really back into listening to Bowie or what, you know, you are like, oh, you know, that, that sort of, you know, and th- that is the truth for me and Tom Petty is actually, it took him to snuff it for me to suddenly go back to listening to the records that I had. Um, and uh, because I'd never really that, um, since uh, teenage years and, Writing it off a little bit. Um, and it was the funny thing is so that you remember the strokes came out, and I remember when, uh, kind of everyone was getting really into them. And I remember listening to the album and being like, it's all right, it just all sounds like Tom Petty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, well, I think that's his influence. He's a little bit of an unsung hero for me. He's always like the guy that's kind mm-hmm. of always there, but never at the front. He's always like adding so much to the music and taking away from the music, and you know what's missing out of it. But he wasn't a guy that would stand up and put himself forward. I, don't, I didn't think so. Even when he's the front man for his band, he always seemed to be like, Music first, appearance and everything. Well, you know, just just take me for what I am. I'm not going to make a big song or dance about it. But by not doing that, he adds so much to the music. You know, obviously, obviously, Wilbury's and everything he's doing. Yeah, but
0: well, he did that thing. I mean, he had that band, this teenage band. He went back when he was going through a, sort of a rough patch in recent years. He went back and dug his old band out of the woodwork and then recorded an album because he followed to, like unfinished business and he wanted to get back in touch with his roots and stuff like yeah. this. People that are it in sense, it for music. And he was you definitely see one of those people. Yeah, and he was a definite musician. And, and now I listen to him, and, I, and bizarrely, um, since his death, I've suddenly become a huge Tom Petty fan. Uh, oh, it's woken that thing in me that would lain dormant since you know, <laughs> sitting in the back of a Saab 99, driving around South Cumbria. Swe- sweaty legs,
1: <laughs> you know, clammy hands. What are we going with, no, I
0: don't want, my, don't want to wear my seatbelt, Dad. I just can't... I just, Oh, the sea. Yes, the, the, right,
1: the shorts. It's all right, mate. It's all
0: right, it's all right the, mate. The, this it's brown sea right. coverings itchy when it's you wear right. shorts on. It's all right, mate. All so right. we're gonna go with Stranger in the right. Night. I think track right. one, side two. Is that right? Let's have it. Stranger <laughs> in the night.
7: My head. I kill a fifth of Thunderbird and try to write a sad, sad song. Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long. Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long. You've been gone so long. Now. At my door alone, Lord, Lord, I can hear that lonesome wind blow. Well, tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long. Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long.
1: Dan special. Dan is special, isn't he? He's quite little as well. Eddie Sine, Ain't No Sunshine. He's
0: about the same height as us, isn't he? He's He's got a small cock. Uh, Eddie uh... Sine. He has father twins and he has a (laughs) massive dog.
1: (laughs) You know, mate, Dan, yeah, he's got a massive dog. Uh, Eddie Siné, Ain't No Sunshine, and before that, we had the White Brothers with, a. Uh, that's nice, baby, you've been gone too long. Yeah, that's uh, recorded live in Sweden, I think it was,
0: or Scandinavia somewhere during a tour that uh, eventually they, well, uh, Clarence White was killed in a road accident not long after that was recorded, so unfortunate <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're going to end on a high listen um, so as I said before we're going to switch it up so episodes from now on you know we're going to start hitting you with a lot of more uh, group together music and hour segments but you know maybe getting them to you a little bit more often than we have done because we have been a little bit lax lately and I think a lot of that is that circumstance circumstantial and, age. and hey, and <laughs> <need> any more excuses <laughs> That couch is comfy, The dog ate my records. (laughs) And that's the beauty about doing an hour show. So the frequency is going to increase. The standard is going to be the same, but we're going to start hitting you with a lot more specialist stuff. And it's good for us because it gives us a chance to explore a bit more of our record collection. And Steenie's dying to play a couple of artists that we've already played twice. So just look out for the 70s hard rock part one. And some Mrs Mills albums. (laughs) So, Reg, I know what it does need. Spink some fairy dust on the back.
0: Dug-a-dug-a-dug-a-cha. Dug-a-dug-a-dug-a-cha. Yeah! No! <laughs>
1: the best studio breakup you will ever hear on record. We've got two more tunes that we listen to. The, the Troggs on. tapes. The Trogs tapes. And what we've got now, Steenie? A bit of. A... The Troggs. We love you. Up, we'll see you soon. From the album, dynamite Hey, guy, like, Hey, guy, like.